Well, hello, kids. Good to see you here on a Tuesday. It is Tuesday. This is Bob Bro. Welcome to the best old-time radio podcast. And on Tuesdays, we play dramas. And what we're going to play for you today is an episode of Escape. It was first broadcast on February the 14th, back in 1950. It's entitled Two If By Sea, and it takes place in the USSR. Features John Daner, and he's really good at it, and also Paul Fries, and a female lead by the name of Martra Mitrovich, or Marta Mitrovich. And you've probably never heard of her. I know I haven't, although she does have a number of credits on uh, the Internet Movie Database. But anyway, this is a good story. It's it's very dramatic, and it's also a bit of a romance. And I think you're going to enjoy it. So here we go. This is Escape, and the name of this episode is Two If by Sea. everyday routine, ever dream of a life of romantic adventure, want to get away from it all. We offer you Escape. Escape, designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. Tonight, we escape to Soviet Russia and to the story of a man and a woman who dared to defy a social system in order to be together. As Roger Bax tells it in his tale of intrigue and excitement, Two If By Sea. And now we bring you Escape. Finally, the day arrived, our last day in Moscow. We stood in the chill wind at the airport, watching the huge four-motor plane taxi to the loading ramp. A pair of newlyweds. Philip Sutherland, Moscow reporter for the London Press, homeward bound after three years in the Soviet Union. And his bride, Maria, ballerina of the state ballet. Oh, and Steve Quillen, American newscaster. He was there, too. (laughs) Only Steve was green with envy. Oh, I hate you both. This time tomorrow you'll be in London, and me, I must remain to languish midst the caviar and vodka. (laughs) But don't forget, Steve, you've got a vacation coming soon, and you're to spend it in London with us. Yes, that's right, Steve. We're looking forward to it. Don't worry, I'll be there. Announcing departure, special flight two for London. Oh, well, that's us, Mrs. Sutherland. Oh, darling, I can't believe it at last. Oh, you're going to love London. I'd love any place with you. Well, this is goodbye, kids. Well, Steve... Just a moment, please! uh, uh, We're we're in a hurry, officer. They've just announced our plane. I talked to the woman. You are Maria Lemarkina? I'm Maria Sutherland now. May I see your transportation papers, please? Oh, yes, yes, of course. I have them right here. Uh, They're all in order. You may keep yours. Just the woman's. Give them. Thank you. Maria Lemarkina, you will remain in Moscow. Your permission to travel has been revoked. Revoked? 
Why? Why, not just a moment. You can't do this. No argument. Why can't she leave? The Commissar of Travel okay I her I come from, from the office of the Commissar of Travel. Is she under arrest? No. She has simply been denied the privilege of travel. Well, if Maria can't go, I won't. I have orders to see that you do go, Mr. Sutherland. Oh, Philip. No, no, it's all right, darling. Uh, now, look, I'm not leaving here without my wife. You have no right you to... You will be escorted to your plane. I'm not going to be escorted anywhere. Ivan, Vasilo! Oh, Rossi, Philip, you'd better do what they say, or it might be worse. For London, we'll board their plane immediately. Gate six. All right, Mr. Sutherland, that's your plane. Philip, oh, Philip. Don't worry, Phil, I'll take care of her. We'll get this all straightened out. You better go. Well, goodbye, Maria. Goodbye, darling. If I can't get out, come back for me. Please come back. <laughs> For the next couple of months, those two words rang in my ears a thousand times a day. They never let me rest. Come back. Come back. London, with all its freedom, was a dark, cheerless prison without Maria. I wrote every day, and when, as the weeks passed, I heard no word from her, it became unbearable. And finally, my newspaper arranged a personal interview at the Soviet embassy. No, 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 absolutely not. But Maria's my wife. She isn't married to the Soviet Union. You knew the official attitude when you married, no? The state frowns on Russian women marrying foreigners. And when such a marriage occurs, you take your own risks. Very well, then grant me a visa to return to the Soviet Union. Mr. Sutherland, I am forced to be blunt. You are no longer welcome in my country. And besides, to return would only work a hardship on both of you. What do you mean? Forget Maria Lamarkina, Mr. Sutherland. She is a prominent ballerina, the premier danseuse of Moscow, a girl of exceptional talent. And you may as well know this, even now, the state is arranging an official divorce. Good day. It was monstrous, incredible. Never would I believe that Maria had requested a divorce. I was sure of the love we had shared all too briefly, even though I never received a single letter from her. No, 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 it was something bigger than the frowning labyrinth of bureaucracy. It was a giant conspiracy to keep us apart. I used the influence I could bring to bear on the people in high places. The matter went at last to the British Foreign Office. <laughs> red tape, it would seem, was not a monopoly of red Russia. No, we grew a vigorous and hardy variety in Whitehall. So I made my own plan. And by the time Steve Quillen arrived on his vacation, I was ready to put it into action. Oh, Phil, Phil, you're crazy. It can't be done. Oh, yes, it can, Steve. Here, look, look, look at this map. Now, here. A small boat could sail out of Southfleet, cross the North Sea, work into the Baltic, through the Skagerrak, and then sail northeast into the Gulf of Finland. Phil. Yes? I know how badly you want, Maria, but that kind of a trip would be impossible. It can be done if it's planned right. All right. Look. Suppose you get as far as the Gulf. Yes. And suppose no patrol boat or observation plane uses you for target practice. What then? Maya's in Moscow. That's in the heart of white Russia. Ah, yes, but every summer her ballet troupe goes on tour through the north, and they always hit Pirita, a, sm a summer resort. Here, look here on the map. It's right here on the coast. Mm. I was there once. It's just a little town, no harbor. The small craft could put in there one night and pick someone up with no trouble at all. At night? Yes. How could you possibly get in? We'll follow the Vimsi light about four miles up from the main beach at Pirita, somewhere in that dark stretch. Do you realize how that would have to be timed? Or you'd have to be there not only on the right day, but almost at the right minute. 
And you have no way of knowing exactly when Mario will be in Parita. Well, I was sort of counting on you for that, Steve. I'd be glad to write and tell you, Phil, but suppose there were some last-minute changes in her schedule and you were out at sea waiting to... I mean, be... you have a schedule that doesn't change, Steve. What? I hear. You broadcast from Moscow to New York once a day. That's your job. Now, perhaps some way we could work out a code system and I could tune in on your newscast from aboard ship and keep informed. What ship? Oh, well, the boat, the one I bought yesterday. What? There's the Dawn. I spent every shilling I had on her. She's a small schooner with an auxiliary engine, but she can make that trip. Phil, do you mean you're actually going through with this? Well, of course, Steve. Look, I love Maria and she loves me, and this is all I can see to do about it. All right, Phil. If you're willing to take such a chance, I'm with you. Oh, thank you, Steve. Thanks. But, Phil, you can't sail all alone. I know you're a good sailor. Oh, well, no, you... no, no, no. I don't intend to. I have a friend who knows the Baltic waters like he knows his own bathtub. And he's going with you? Mm. You've already talked to him. Oh, yes, yes. He's a fine chap. Oh, that must be he now. I asked him to come over tonight. Hello, ah, Philip. Denny, Diddy. Good to see you. Come this in. This must be Mr. Quillen. I'm Denny. Hello, fellow conspirator. Oh, it's going to be something, don't you think? That, Mr. Denny, is the understatement of the week. We spent the next seven days working out a careful timetable and a code. And when Steve went back to Moscow, we rehearsed the code. And it worked. Every ninth word on his daily broadcast was a message to us. And one day, a month later, we put out for the Baltic Sea, keeping daily radio contact with Steve. Finally, we dropped anchor in the Gulf of Finland, 30 miles off the beach at Pirita, and waited for the final message. Radio it's Phil. calling. This is it. Yes, I'm ready. Broadcasting system in New York. Mr. Stephen Quillian, correspondent for Standard Broadcasting System, will broadcast for two minutes, beginning five minutes past four o'clock. Hello, New York. Hello, New York. This is Quillen. It's a time check. Coming up on my watch, uh, four minutes and 30 seconds past four. Woof. That was four minutes and 30 seconds past four. I'll go ahead at exactly 15 seconds after Wolf. Wolf. Double check this, Denny. Don't worry, I will. This is Steve Quillen reporting to you from Leningrad. I've been touring this battered city, studying all the reconstruction all. work in progress. Leningraders have certainly set themselves set. tremendous tasks. One of the architects, a blonde vital woman of blonde. about 40, told me that on all occasions, um. Leningrad had reckoned to show the way, way to other parts of Soviet Russia in making good progress good. with its economic plans, and that with luck and hard luck. work, it should keep the lead. Okay, Denny, that's all, all of it. Of the Cut it off. Place were what did he say? Ah, this is what we've been waiting for. Here. All set. Blonde on way. Good luck. Oh, good. <clears throat> that means by 10 o'clock tonight you'll be holding Marie in your arms. <laughs> oh, wouldn't Uncle Joe just bite the stem off his pipe if he knew he was going to lose one of his prettiest citizens tonight? The seconds ticked slowly into sluggish minutes. The minutes stretched into unending hours until sundown, when we would start our dash for the beach. I had waited too long and traveled too far to let any hitch upset our plans. But to wait those long hours was pure agony. 
At last, darkness fell and we turned over our engines and started to the beach, our running lights extinguished. There it is, Phil. Yeah? Over there. Yes. Those are the Vimsey lights. Aha. Now, down there, about a mile down the beach, where you see all the smaller lights? Yes, yes. That's the bathing beach and the dancing pavilions. Yes, yes. The town's farther in. Maria should be right opposite oh. us now, on the dark stretch straight ahead. Denny, I can hardly believe it. Maria, only a mile away. Well, come on, let's drop the hook and get the dinghy over the side. We rode silently toward this shadowy shore, and I strained my eyes for the sight of Maria standing on the beach, but it was too dark to see anything but the line of sullen, brooding hills against the sky. And then suddenly, suddenly I made out a figure standing alone, Quiet, waiting. Do you see something? Maria. Maria, she's there, you see? Be quiet. Uh, Sit down, you'll capsize us. It's only a few yards. We can I get can't it. wait, Denny. And I... Phil, you fool. Be careful. Maria. Maria. Maria, here I am. Oh. Oh, Maria, darling, you... You are Philip Sutherland? Who are you? Where's Maria? Do not be afraid of me. I am a friend of... Maria La Marquina. Well, where is she? What? Maria cannot meet you tonight. Why? What has happened? Listen to me carefully, Mr. Sutherland. She tried desperately. Yes, yes, yes. But it was impossible, so she sent me to give you a message. What, what? I repeat, word for word. There is no hope of ever getting out of Russia. I will never stop loving you, but this must be. Goodbye forever. Phil, Phil, come on, you two. You can talk later. Let's get out of this place. Uh, Denny, this isn't Maria. This is a friend of hers. She says Maria's not coming, and she'll never come. What? Why not? I don't know. Tonight, Maria Lamarckina is with Ballet at Pritina. She has been commanded to give special performance, Arvin Colonel General Oblomov of Red Army. There was no possible way she where, could... Where is this ballet? A theater in Pirita, three miles from here. Oh, no. No, I must go before they find me. I am sorry. My heart goes out to no, you. No, 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 wait. I, let it go. Let it go. She risked her life to come here at all. I'm going into that theater and get Maria and bring her back to the boat. Phil, sailing into a dark beach is one thing, but trying to walk through a Russian town and kidnap a well-known ballerina is quite another. Phil, don't Listen, be... I'm going in. And if I'm not back here in four hours at 2 a.m. with her, then leave by yourself, Denny. Oh, Phil, I couldn't. Look, I... I'll be here with her by 2 o'clock or I won't be back at all. three long, dangerous miles into the town of Purita, and somehow I had to get Maria out of the ballet theater and back aboard our schooner. But in spite of the fact I spoke Russian fluently, dressed the way I was in soiled sailing clothes, I didn't stand a chance. For the next half hour, I walked steadily, passing a few night swimmers along the beach. Then I came to a crowded area where there was a dancing pavilion, and a sudden idea came to me. I walked over to a man in uniform standing by a pile of clothes, on top of which was a Red Army cap. Oi, Corporal. What is it you want, comrade? Oh, I'm glad I found you. There is some trouble on the road back there. Someone tried to steal a car. Where? Yeah. What sort of car to worry? He was a Black Army Zis. A Zis? Oh, no, it's no. It's not yours, is it? The militia are making trouble about a missing chauffeur. Tovarish, help me, I beg you. Keep your eye on the colonel's uniform while I go see. The colonel's in swimming now. And if... I didn't hesitate a single minute. 
As soon as he got out of sight, I grabbed the bundle of clothes, stepped into the shadows behind the pavilion. In three minutes, I was wearing a loose-fitting uniform that told the world I was a colonel in the 12th Guard Division, wearer of the rarely conferred Order of the Suvorov, and a hero of the Soviet Union. And also, there was a billfold in my pocket, fat with Russian currency and military papers. I was now prepared to make my entrance in the ballet theater of Pirita. I, I would like a ticket, please. Oh, comrade colonel, I'm so sorry, but there's not one to be had, not one in the entire house. Oh, yes, there is, clerk. Huh? The colonel is invited to sit in my box. His collar insignia and his decorations glittered in the light of the theater lobby. I recognized him immediately as Colonel General Vladimir Obromov, a famous soldier of the Soviet. I had interviewed him back in 1945 and written a long story about him for my newspaper. He looked straight into my face, and his eyes seemed to say, Well, Philip Sutherland, when did you join the Red Army? I see you wear the order of the Chuvarov, even as I. I would be pleased if you would join me in my private box. Well, uh, thank you just the same, General, but it wouldn't be right. Nonsense, I insist. I am alone and you can still see the last part of the ballet. Maria Lamarckina is beautiful. Come, take a look at her. He took me by the arm and led me conspicuously down the aisle to his box. It was easy to see that he was the guest of honor. The whole thing was like a dream. I couldn't believe that I was really sitting there watching my Maria looking so incredibly beautiful, I almost stopped breathing. Time was our enemy. I thought the ballet would never end. Finally over. I knew I had to do something to make my presence known to her. Or she might be lost to me forever. Maria! 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 You know her, comrade Colonel? Huh? Well, I, uh, well, I, yes, sir. I know her, sir. Rather well. Really? An old lover, perhaps? Huh? Well, I, I'm, uh, I'm her brother, Sergei. Ah, brother. Well, that is good. It would not do for two Russian soldiers, two orders of the Ursuvarov to fight over the same woman, huh? No, 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 no. Come, brother Sergei. Let us go backstage and talk to little Maria. She will be most anxious to see you and uh, me. I am having supper with her tonight. Maria, look, I have a surprise for you, your brother. Maria? Well, Maria, don't you know your own brother? Or has he grown too fat on Red Army rations, uh, huh? <laughs> it's really me, Maria. Sergei. Oh, Sergei, Sergei. It's been so long. Yeah, too long, Maria. Uh, tender. Hey. Well, how are you, my little sister? How's the family? How's Shura? And Mishikov, is he still in the factory at Donetsk? I can't answer all your questions in one breath, Sergei. Ah, this is very happy occasion. I will go prepare drinks. Uh, fine, fine, uh, yes. Philip, darling, darling, what are you doing here? They'll kill you if they find out. Why didn't you come to the beach? He was with me all day. Oh, Maria. Maria, I have never seen you perform so well. Tonight, you, you danced my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> 
How long are you going to be in town, Sergei? I leave with the dawn, Maria Darling. Oh, well, in that case, we haven't much time. We must do our best to entertain Sergei, huh, Maria? Of course, Colonel General. Oh, please, just call me plain General. Here, your glass. Thank you. And now, a toast. Until the dawn. And to brothers and sisters, wherever they find themselves. (laughs) Ah. Brother, huh? You don't look at her the way a brother looks at his sister. You don't hold her the way a brother holds his sister. You hold Maria the way I would like to hold Maria. I guess I was a little emotional, sir, but I haven't seen her for almost a year. Brother, how is it you have not seen Maria for almost a year when your 12th Guard Division is stationed just outside Moscow? Hmm? Tell me that. Well, I, I was... I, I was uh... You have trouble answering, huh? We were both busy. Oh, yes, I understand, Maria. Busy, busy. Come to think of it, I don't remember a Colonel Lamarkinov ever winning the Order of Sivarov. When did you get it, Sergei? After the... The Battle of uh, Kiev. Kiev, oh, a great battle, a Ah, great battle. Only I thought that was the 10th Division. Oh, well, uh, I was with them for six months. With the 10th Division? Yes. Who was your commanding officer? Uh, It's been so long, sir, I I can't remember his name. I'll refresh your memory, brother, Sergei. It was Borovsky, and of course now I know you lie. My brother does not lie. I'm afraid, Maria, I've trapped him. That Kiev was not the 10th Division or the 12th Division, but Tymoshenko's 7th. Now, let me see your papers, brother Sergei. I'm afraid I left them in my car. Let me see them. Uh, And be careful how you hand them over. (laughs) It's very interesting. Brother Sergei has suddenly become Colonel Joseph Rakuski Skalia. What do you think of that, Sister Maria? General, it wasn't his fault. I made him do it. Don't do anything to me. No, 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 Maria, it was my idea. Ah, young love and mutual sacrifice and touching. Do you know what I am going to do, Sergei? No. What? Put you under arrest. Stand where you are. I would be most happy to shoot you. I will get to the bottom of this soon. Corporal! Maria! Do you... Do you think I killed him? I don't know, but you did him in thoroughly with that decanter. Philip, I'm frightened. Yes, so am I, but let's talk about that after we get aboard the schooner. We slipped out of the theater and raced along the deserted cobbled streets. The town clock sounded 1.30. Three miles to cover in 30 minutes. Maria was running to keep up with my long strides. Nowhere in sight was a car I could commandeer or even a bicycle. We could count on nothing but our own strength and the driving need we both had to spend the rest of our lives together. Twenty-five minutes later, we were hurrying down the long slope toward the beach, and ahead of us the Vimsy light twinkled mockingly and seemed just as far away. Mario's breath was coming in little sobs, and my lungs ached with an agony unendurable. And then I heard it. The town clock struck two. We had failed. So near to the beach and yet too far. The planning of months lost by seconds. Oh, Philip, I'm sorry I couldn't go any faster. No, 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 dear. It wasn't your fault. It was just too much against us. Philip! Uh, Shh, quiet. 
I apologize for bothering you, comrade, but I have orders to check all persons along the beach. The colonel's uniform has been stolen. I hit him with all the strength I had left in me. As he fell, I dived after him. He rolled down the hill onto the rocks. I couldn't feel any pain or blows. All I wanted to do was get my hands around his throat and squeeze the life out of him. He fell away from me, and I crawled over to where Maria lay, her breath coming in painful sobs, and I collapsed beside her. I could barely lift one arm to put it around her. And then, then another man's figure loomed up out of the dark, walking slowly towards us. And with him, all of my hopes of rescuing Maria, all of the working and planning, all of the reason for living seemed gone. But I couldn't go down without a fight. Somehow, somewhere I dragged up enough strength to struggle to my feet to meet him. And he grabbed my arm and we went down. Bill, Bill, it's me, Danny. Don't... Huh? Danny. Oh. oh, Danny. Danny, I couldn't tell. In the dark, I, I thought you'd gone. I thought... That... You didn't really think I'd leave without you and Mario, did you? Come on, Phil. Let's get Murray aboard the schooner. We're, we're going to make it. Certainly we are. We'll be in England in a week. Phil. Yes, darling. Where are we? <laughs> Far enough. You can stop looking over your shoulder. Really? Really? Yes, really. We're going home, Mrs. Sutherland. Escape is produced and directed by William N. Robeson. Tonight we have presented Two If by Sea by Roger Bax. Adapted for radio by E. Jack Newman and John Michael Hayes. Featured in the cast were John Boehner as Philip, Barton Yarborough as Denny, Paul Fries as Steve Quillen, and Marta Mitrovich as Maria. Also heard were Inga Yolis, Jack Crucian, Bill Conrad, and Paul Duboff. Special music was arranged and conducted by Del Castillo. Next week... You are within a few days of your release after eight years of horror on the prison island of New Caledonia. But between you and final freedom stands the love of a beautiful girl and the monstrous figure of Monsieur Denieu, the official executioner. Next week, we escape with John Russell's terrifying story, The Red Mark. Good night, then, until this same time next week, when once again we offer you Escape. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. So things ended up kind of rosy for the young couple, newly married couple. And uh, that's what happens if you get married in the old Soviet Union. So keep that in mind. So that was Escape. The name of that one was Two If by Sea, and that was first broadcast February 14th, 
1950 on CBS. And that's going to kick things in the head for today, everybody. We will be back tomorrow with a mystery, and I already have it picked out and edited and ready to go. And then we'll be back on Thursday with a Western. So we hope to see you then. This is Bob Bro. I am so glad you stopped by, and I am so glad you met me. We're going to go out today with uh, two of the top 30 songs from 1950. The first one is going to be by Bing Crosby and his son Gary Crosby. And the second one is by Teresa Brewer. So these are two of the top 30 songs from the year 1950, the same year that that Escape episode that we just listened to was first broadcast. Here's a happy tune you'll love to croon. They call it Sand Song. It's catchy as can be. The melody, they call it Sand Song. Nothing on your mind, and then you find your humming Sand Song. Why it makes you grin, gets under your skin. As only a song can do The people that you meet Out on the street All whistling sand song Everyone you see Will soon agree That it's a grand song So forget your troubles And wear a smile You'll find you'll never go wrong If you learn to groom this happy tune they call it sand song and now another treatment this classic american theme brought to you by mr getty crosby Here's a happy tune That'll bring you a smile all the while When you croon it, you're really in style And, and the, the title, title is Sam Song It's catchy as can be With a sly little beat and the melody sweet Keeps you tapping your feet And, and the, the title, title is Sam Song Nothing on your mind But the news of the day and the bills you must pay Keep your hair turning gray but you're still humming Sam Are you all right? Song. How's your brace? Why it makes you grin Gets <laughs> under your skin as only a song can do Oh, people let you meet Hello, Joe, what you know And remind me to mow Tell them business is slow But I'm whistling Sam song Everyone you see Has a story to tell Or a gimmick to sell But agree that it's well And it's really a grand song So forget your troubles And wear a smile You'll find you'll never go wrong if you learn to croon like a lark in the park Who is making his mark serenading the dark With a chorus of Sam song If you learn to croon the happy tune They call it Sam song